Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are reviewing season two, the season two finale of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Gemini. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies. Starting with none other than Cal Jones. How are you doing, man? I am doing quite well. Glad to be here as always and looking forward to hearing what you guys think about this episode. As am I. As am I. And also on the podcast, we have none other than Larry Irby. How you doing, man? I am hanging in there, man. How about you? No complaints. Just ready to dive in and talk about this episode. Of course, what we do here on this podcast is talk about Star Trek. So if you're into that, make sure you're following us on the socials and also check out our website to see what we've been up to and, and catch up on any episodes you've missed that you want to hear us talk about. We talk about pretty much all of them. So <laughs> At least the new trick. We've, we've done all the new tricks. So definitely tune in to those those outlets. But we're going to get right into our review of Strange New Worlds Hegemony, which was written by Henry Alonzo Myers and directed by Maja Rillo. When the USS Enterprise investigates an attack on a colony at the edge of Federation space, Captain Pike and his crew face the return of a formidable enemy. So for everyone listening, if you have not seen the season finale of season two of Strange New Worlds. Put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. Eddie's before you spread. No, let the twelve know. The spoiler warning has been dropped and we are back to review this episode. But like always, we go right back to Mr. Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, you have anything for us today? Indeed, I do. And this is going to be short, sweet, easy as one, two, three to be continued. Were we really ready for that? Because honestly, I was not ready for that. I, And in in light of, you know, what's happening with the writers and the actor strike going on right now it may be a very long time it may be doctor who levels of weight yes for indeed. the next season of strange new worlds <laughs> stranger things have happened not, not talking about stranger things but seriously yeah and i'll say greetings to everyone in the chat of course we have win grace and mary Kay. thank you guys for joining and anybody else that might be listening in that didn't hit us up in the chat but you know say hello if you're there we really appreciate it and we'll go ahead and go around the horn and see what everybody thinks of this episode. Larry, what do you think of this episode, sir? This episode was good. It didn't blow me away. I felt it was a lot of setup. Just my gut feeling, it was good. I, I, I'm not going to say it was my close to my favorite of the season because I just felt like we're just setting up. We're just setting up. That was kind of it. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, just left me a little lukewarm. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the things we always run into, as you know, I keep talking about Doctor Who. Uh, whenever we have to review a two-parter, <laughs> we always constantly debate, do we just want to review the first one, then the second one, or should we wait and review both of them? Uh, but I think maybe there's enough meat on the bone for this one, you know, to, to have a great review and plenty, plenty of Interesting things to talk about. Kyle Jones, you had any additional thoughts about this episode? You know, I think what I like most about the episode is what is detracting from what we've just heard about the way it just kind of set up everything. And Larry was talking about how it just kind of, you know, 
felt like we were building to something but never got there. Well, what I like most about was having that surprise to be continued. But I agree with what he said. You know, it did feel like it really wasn't going anywhere, but then it couldn't go everywhere because you've got the to be continued. That's true. And and kind of for me, I feel like there were still plenty of surprises to keep to keep us going. And we're going to talk about those, of course, a certain character popping up, which some people have been saying, you know, may pop up this season. So that was a welcome surprise. Also, we got the surprise of actually what's going on with Battelle in this episode. So kind of thin, yes. But I still think we got plenty of good nuggets in there. Some good stuff with Battelle and Uhura in this episode. So I think I thoroughly enjoyed it. But but again, you know, it's just one part of the story. And man, by the time we get to the end, I <laughs> my jaw is kind of on the floor because like, man. And it's not so much that we have a cliffhanger at the end of the season. Of course, we've done this before, best of both worlds. Uh, but the thing is, when we don't, we don't have a clear picture when the next season may be, you know. And again, as we mentioned before, it could be a year. It could be two years from now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably a year and a half at the very least, I would say. Yeah, I agree. You know, it all depends on how far they had come in the writing, how far they had come in pre-production post, et cetera, and so forth. But you're 100% right. We may be looking at 2025 before seeing the finale of this. Yeah. So we get the um, captain's log from Captain Patel aboard the Kayega, uh, and she is, or her ship is headed toward Panassas Beta, where they're to help a f- colony right outside of the Federation border. And the, the colony has an old Midwestern U.S. feel. Mr. Jones, was that just too convenient for you? Or oh, did you like seeing that? No, I did not. I hated that. <laughs> I absolutely hated that because the arrogance, and I'm sorry, but there's no other word but arrogance of, and the same thing, we keep going back to Doctor Who, but the arrogance of Doctor Who that says that pretty much everything that the doctor does and happens happens in the uk why of all of the quadrants of all of space is not just the earth but why the 50s version of i mean i don't think a lot of people might not would want to go back to the 50s as per se. I know that was just a facade of how the buildings are supposed to look, but still, I didn't like it. It was simpler times, Mr. Jones, for some. For some, (laughs) yes. Uh, Larry, do you have any thoughts on having this Midwestern feel in Star Trek? Man, that was Mayberry. (laughs) I looked as soon as I seen that, I said, okay, this was just a set back there that was convenient, and they said, hey, man, we got to use this, save some cash for the Gorn, which I'm sure we will get to, because that had to cost some cash. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't mind it. it. It was it was a little cheesy, but but I didn't mind it. It was novel, but but still, it, to me, it just goes. I agree, but it goes into the arrogance. But what do you think, Clarence? Did you like it? <laughs> I think I'll. Uh... Time what time in on what Tasha is saying in the chat. It was a set on the back lot. It was this, which back lot set is not being used when we have to shoot this particular scene. Exactly. 
I didn't really have a problem with it. For me, like many things in this episode, it really harkened into uh, uh, TOS error episodes, which a lot of them are like this. Backlot sets, America or or Earth feel, Earth of that time feel. So so in that aspect, it didn't bother me that much. I You know, I thought it was fine. As are many things in this episode, I think kind of go back to TOS era style of storytelling. You know, I really... I really like the fact that we're kind of on this mission to the Cayugas on this mission to just stabilize crops and vaccines. That's a very TOS thing right there. So I thought that was pretty cool to see them doing that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. And we see another person there that I really did not expect to see. And that's going to be Miss Nurse Chapel down there on the planet on her way to her fellowship with Dr. Corby. She has hitched a ride. We got surprised to see chapel in these opening scenes here i no, not really i mean i figured they, they're basically saying okay we've little, little time has passed chapel got you know off the enterprise or whatever you know we don't really know for how long but you know so it was it was a little, it was very awkward like even i can't even imagine how spot felt i felt awkward <laughs> and i'm not even in the relationship what a relationship, man. She's she's liberated now from, right. from their relationship. She's she's broken Ghosted free. Him. Yeah. Hey, what's, what's the old saying? When somebody tells you who they are, believe them. <laughs> she, she said in the beginning of the show, I'm bad with relationships. Mm. Yeah. And, and unlike what Wingrace is saying here in the chat, that he saw another review say that this is the same backlot that was used in the cello scene for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Which which is that the Adams family's spinoff show that's Ooh, on Netflix? Okay, all right. Yeah, it that, looks that like sense. the town that that they makes went a lot into. of sense. Yeah, it does. Battelle is having a call with Pike. It gets interrupted. Uh, you know, he he's we don't really know what's going on, and then we get a priority message from Battelle to the Enterprise saying that they're under attack and it's the Gorn. So Pike is on high alert because that's his his boo thing. His boo thing is under attack. So. Uh, you know, it, it kind of brings something interesting into play where you have a captain that's in a relationship, in this case, another captain. But I think whenever that happens, we often question how they will follow and obey orders or how they even take uh, change the way they command. And I know we've had a lot of gripes with this maybe in the disco era, <laughs> but but um, I, I got to ask you, Kyle, did you feel like Pike handled himself. We can talk about it in the scope of the whole episode. Did he handle himself in a very captain way? Um, did, did he compromise his command by by pursuing pursuing? I don't Patel? think he did. I don't think it. If you really look at it from the scope of Star Trek lore in general, not just this particular you know situation. It is right there front and center of the same thing that any of the rest of them have done. What I think they did that they did a very good job of, at least from the viewer perspective, is presenting it in a way that kind of up the ante a little bit of the, it wasn't just that they go into a situation where they're presented with something and now they have to make this. Are we going to do it? Are we not going to do it? You put characters that we know and care about in the other side of that situation. So I thought that that was something that they don't do. Maybe they do it more than I think they do, but I thought that that was smart because it, 
upped the ante of what was going on and the fact that you said we've got two people of equal power, not, yes. yeah. you know, if you, 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 let's take Beverly and John Luke, no matter if they had that former relationship and yes, they had that. I'm, I'm talking about uh, TNG, not Picard season three, but they had that relationship, but he was still her superior. Yeah. These are equal. Even though they're, you know, in different ships, they're still equal. I like that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Larry? Did, did did Pike compromise his command in any form in this episode? No, I don't think he did. I think, I mean, when they gave him the orders, when he got the orders from um, Admiral April, he did what he was ordered. He stayed outside of the um, the area. And, um, you know, I, I love the way Anson Mount plays Pike. He just plays, he plays him emotional, but cool. But I can see Pike going, okay, we're going to do what we were ordered to do, but I ain't leaving my girl. We're going <laughs> to find, we're going to find a workaround. You know what I mean? Well, I love what he did when he said to his crew, when he does that, he goes, ideas. Like yes. He's relying on them. Hey, we are a crew. I want your input on what you think. Yeah, and I think for me, that's what really made it uh, a new spin, made it interesting, is that, of course, he skirted the rules. He skirted what he was told. He found a way to do it without, in, in a covert fashion. You know, let's let's follow this debris down here. Look like debris, get in and get out. So, you know, in that aspect, I always like when they kind of are clever in their approach to skirt <laughs> the orders. So, yeah, I, I really liked it. And, and you know, I don't you can say on the face of it, did he kind of disobey crossing to the uh, across the line in the sand? Yes, he did. But, you know, I think the way that he did it, a very clever way not to get detected was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, getting to his conversation with Admiral April, I thought it was pretty interesting. And he said this line that I just love and I'll just and maybe it's from something else. I don't know. But um, and sometimes a monster is just a monster. I've heard something like that before, but I just. Yeah. The, the way he delivered it, it was so good. You know, the, the thing that pres- well, the thing that really impresses me about Anson Mount is the fact of him being one of the actors that has the ability to portray so much without saying anything. Yeah, And, I, you know, I think he did that several times in this episode because you see in the eyes and the eyebrows the thing that he's trying, whatever that is, that he's trying to display. So kudos to him. Hey, remember, he was Black Bolt, so he didn't get to talk <laughs> yeah. at all. Indeed. <laughs> he still did a great job. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite things about Anson Mount as an actor. Those looks, man. <laughs> uh, Adam Rabel deems his mission reconnaissance only, so... Um, they are there and we find that the Gorn have deployed an interference field on and around the planet. No beaming communications or scanning in and out. I thought that was pretty cool and interesting. But one of the things I like that Admiral, the Admiral said that uh, I don't know if they're teeing something up, but it and we get a little bit of this from 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 Scotty on the planet, but. He wants to know, to understand why, the why they attacked. And, you know, we get later on that it's solar flares and they disappeared. I don't know how that's going to play in everything. Is it like a a, a, a instinct, instinctual cycle 
<laughs> like an animal-like cycle. I, I don't know how they're going to play that, but it still sounded very interesting. To me, there's more there, there. And even Tasha mentioned this a little bit in her live stream, that it may be more there, there. So I found that pretty interesting as well. So let's talk about when we actually will head to the planet and get on the planet um, or Parnassus Beta. Uh, Erica finally gets off the ship, which <laughs> I love that she said, uh, she's kind of questioning her motives because, <laughs> because you know, the, the time that she gets off the ship is probably the worst time she could get off the ship. So I love the little banter back and forth there of, of her kind of lamenting her choice to get off the ship. But what do you guys think about this away team? It, this is a very interesting blend. You have, of course, Lon is going to go. You have Pike, you know, and you have Mbinga. We know Mbinga is a fighter, so kind of makes sense. But Kirk jumps in, just barges in and demands to be on the away team. That one felt a little strange. And of course, Erica's the pilot, so she has to go. But what do you think about this this ensemble that's going down to the planet? Weird. I mean, <laughs> I I just felt like with him, it was exactly what you said was you just kind of stuck him in there. He didn't fit to me. And for that matter, does he have it? And this is a question back at you guys. Does he have the rank to be able to just barge in like he did? No, <laughs> I didn't think so. And that's no. what made it strange was, you know, in all other situations, what are you doing in here? Yeah, but but. Pike did say that he wanted his command. I, I'm trying to remember. Did he say command staff in the reading room? Yeah. Mm. But now when Grace just put something in the chat that I think is worth noting, he says that Kirk is their expert on alien biology. So that um, makes, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Although Lon doesn't think he can shoot a phaser. So <laughs> Larry phaser rifles. <laughs> What did you think about that? Um, I, I'm, I was in love. Mm. I was in love. Pull out the phaser rifles. Let's let's go. I I love when they do something like this, and they do it like the sleep. Like I love the discovery phasers. Those mm. are some of the coolest looking, you know, props they've ever had. And these I really like. I I will say it was a little cheesy. Going, oh yeah, man, we got special guns just for the Gorn. <laughs> What? <laughs> but didn't we see phaser rifles in Discovery? I thought we did. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. Mm. That was one of the coolest things in Discovery. Even had your little insignia on there. You know, I'm mm. all about the insignia, man. Uh, let me pick up a few comments here. Uh, just in saying, I thought Pike acted how most Starfleet captains would have acted in situations like this. So he says he was very on par with how Starfleet captains have acted over years, which is which is, 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 yeah, I guess so. I guess so. As you said, Cal, um, and Tasha says that Kirk being there was simply to give Kirk some character development. And, and as you said, Cal, Kirk is an expert on alien biology, which, which did make sense. Hmm. Oh yeah. The, the nitrogen grenades, as Wingray says, but the discovery have the grenades. Oh man. Grenades. I don't know if they had nitrogen. Yeah. That felt a little weird. Yeah, they had some Nitro 9. That's what mm, it was. Wow, that's that's a deep cut, sir. Deep cut. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Gorn on the planet. Again, they were very they went back to this horror aspect with the Gorn, which I don't know if I want to see that every time we see the Gorn. 
You know, this is the second time they've done it. I think it kind of worked, but it, it, I don't want that to be the thing we do every time we see the Gorn. Now, we did get a little bit away from that when we were on the saucer section of the Kaiga, which we'll talk about. But on the planet, um, I'm getting tired of like the horror gremlin-like Gorn scenes. It's, it's just kind of wearing thin on me. Any thoughts of the Gorn on the planet? And even, you know, we can go into anything of the happenings on the planet if you like to. Even even that certain Lieutenant Junior Gray that we met down there. So let me say this about the Gorn. The Gorn, as they are being presented, remind me of my least favorite. And I may have mentioned this the last time we had the Gorn. They remind me of my least favorite X-Men villains, which are the Brood. And they're, it, they look very similar. They're insectoid type. Um, you know, they're cold-blooded insect. They lay eggs in you and they turn you into them. Well, that's the same premise. Mm-hmm. I hate the brood and I don't like the corn because <laughs> of the same reason. So there you go. Mm. Uh, well, I disagree. I love the corn. <laughs> Absolutely love them. I love that behind the scenes. I mean, that suit is massive. It weighs yeah. like a hundred pounds, man. Yeah. Beautiful. But I'm going to go into uh, one of my favorite characters in all of Star Trek, and that is Montgomery Scott. <laughs> I mm. was thrilled and I was not happy all at the same time. Mm. Because I was like, are y'all just going to put every legacy character in here? Because that's like, okay, now I got a bunch of people who I know nothing's going to happen to. Well, is it going to get it? Well, Scotty ain't going to die. Pike ain't going to die. Spock ain't going to die. Chapel ain't going to die. Mbanga ain't going to die. La'an and and Ortegas need to watch out (laughs) because they the only people that ain't got no plot armor in this whole thing. And Pelia. Pelia. She she doesn't have armor. That's true. That's true. But I I did love the actor's portrayal. He didn't go over the top with it. He wasn't trying to be James Doolin. He was just, and he is actually Scottish. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew, but he was, you know, I, I enjoyed him. It's not like he did anything awesome, but he didn't do anything wrong either. You know, I thought it was very good introduction to Scotty, but I'm just like, there's no more legacy characters. His introduction of Scotty to me went over, at least in first introductions, a lot better than the new version of Kirk. Now, he's grown on me, but as far as first impressions, this was a lot better to me, a better first impression. Clarence, what do you think? I I thought he did a good job in the role. I mean, I would say great. As far as the acting, uh, I thought he did a great job. I mean, for me, where I always get the hang up is on the look. Um, and because yeah, he doesn't look like Jimmy Doolin at all, at all, just it's sort of like, just sort of like a, a Kirk as well in this series. They don't look anything like the characters, which is fine, it's okay. I'm just be- nitpicking here, but beyond that, I think he did a great job. And uh, will he be like Kirk was this season? Is he just going to start popping up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> throughout the season or is he like going to be a staple he's going to be a main cast member come next season well he has nowhere to go per se <laughs> yeah his <laughs> ship was destroyed which he was on a research vessel which i thought was was pretty cool the star diver which is a, a solar research vessel and and it turns out he wasn't a great student as well 
Uh, Pele has a long line of students that weren't so great. So uh, <laughs> I was like, I've kind of done that before. We're doing that again. Okay. But yeah. Oh, by the way, um, our friend Tasha has something wise once again that she says, just FYI. Let's hear it. I agree with Kyle. Oh, well, you know, it happens from time to time. I just said, time. you know, it was wise. I can't <laughs> help it. Oh, let's pick up a few comments here. Uh, Wingray says, then get ready for when season three has a six month time skip and McCoy is a doctor while Mbinga is still in captivity. Oh, please no. Mm. Now, I, I too thought they may do a uh, time jump at the beginning of next season. I thought they may say, okay, let's live with the consequences of what happened in this episode for a little while. As Tasha pointed out, let's let Chapel go do her re- residency and, and come back, you know, get back on the ship. So I do think we're going to see a time jump. I don't know about six months, but but and I hope we don't get McCoy into like the last season. Come on, guys. No. Uh, Jennifer Fitzhugh says my biggest issue with this episode is that they seem to be surprised the Gorn are intelligent. I mean, they operate starships. Well, that's the thing with me and the Gorn. And I'm really happy that we finally got to see an adult Gorn in, in this iteration because We'd even say it in an episode that the flares may be triggering an instinct for them to go out and pillage and mate. I'm not quite sure. Did they say mate? Anyway, to go out and attack. And that's kind of the role they were going down. But there's a whole technological side that we don't see uh, other than knowing that they have ships, knowing that they travel to stars, knowing that they got these pretty cool, almost halo arbiter type suits <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that the adults have. Um, no more Barney Lauren cloth for, for, um, for our characters. But, but yeah, it just, it, it, there's a whole side of them that we haven't seen. And um, I really, really want to get to see more of that side. And, and hopefully that's what we'll get in, in the next season. I mean, we did get to see a lot of fancy, cool stuff in this episode. So, you know, they can't give it all to us at once. Right. True. Good point. Let's move along a little bit. Uh, Scotty figured out a way to make a transponder, a Gorn transponder, which that's very Scotty. You know, it's kind of funny that it has kind of come full circle because I almost said, oh, Scotty is like Jet Reno. But no, (laughs) Scotty came first and they made Jet Reno like Scotty and we're kind of back all the way around. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So, so were you guys surprised when Patel kind of stood face to face with a Gorn and looked down into the eyes as if she was not afraid of death? I was not. Because you knew what was going on. I knew what they were going to do. As soon as we got to the planet, I, I said, I don't know why, but I just, I, I was just feeling Ellen Ripley all over. <laughs> I said, she's, she's, that's, that's alien for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she's infected. So, so I I want to take it a little bit in a different direction. My beats of the episode almost was fear the walking Gorn. And, and I maybe <laughs> should have went, went that way instead because it reminded me of the Walking Dead universe of shows because it, you know, you've always got this episode where someone's been bitten and they're mm-hmm. hiding it until the very last minute. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like with me here was she was hiding that she had been infected or impregnated with the eggs or whatnot. Yeah, that would have been some good information to know up front. I mean, even though it would have 
soured their reunion. But but yeah, she she kind of put everybody else at risk by not telling anybody. Yeah. And here's a question. How did she know what? Because I haven't heard them say from the other unless they scientifically figured this out. It could have been off screen. How did she know the gestation <laughs> time for the eggs? I, I think they said it and we saw it in the last uh, all those who wonder. I think is the name. of the Yeah, episode. I remember that, but I don't remember them saying the exact. Mm. Like, oh yeah, that takes this many days for. Well, that was kind of the fear with Hemmer. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they gave us the exact time, but I thought it was like a couple of days. So, mm. yeah, and I love what Pike says, and Pike just just keeps dropping these gems, and and he says, "Trust me with the truth." Just looks her straight in the eye, and and she tells him. So, so let's 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 get into a little of Ahura and Pilia. Um, Pilia kind of stands in as Himmer's replacement here because uh, Uhura and Pilia work together to try to figure out what the heck is going on. And they triangulate the signal, the dampening field or the whatever, it, the counter signals that is not allowing transport communications and scanning. And they figure out which if it's not allowing scanning. How did they do it? Mm. Anyway, <laughs> they figure out the origin of the counter signals and they come up with this great plan. Uh, they deduce that it's Gorn Tech. And they come up with this great plan to uh, deorbit the saucer section of the Kaega and, and make it seem like it's just debris falling and 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 uh, destroy the signal inhibitor. I thought that was pretty freaking cool, a great idea. But it leads to just some great shots mm-hmm. and some great scenes. Spock says, I'm the only one that could do this. Of course, he is scared that Nurse Chapel is dead. But he's going over. He's doing his thing. Thoughts on this whole entire sequence. We could talk about Chapel waking uh, to find out she's the only the sole survivor aboard the Kaiga. And even, you know, what Spock go, does when he goes over there. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, let's mm. start with you, Cal. Let's talk about the Kaiga saucer section. Okay, so I love the concept. If you're going to blow up a ship, use the remains of the ship to do something cool. And they absolutely did. So I love that part. One thing that I am finding for Pelia is a character thing that is repeating. She's not giving anybody good grades, no matter mm. how brilliant ultimately they are. And she thinks they are. If you notice, the better you are, the harder she was. And I just think that that is many of a good teacher. They find somebody that's talented and they make it as hard as possible because they want them to learn as much as they can. That I like. Uh, If I were in Chapel's shoes when she woke up, that's scared bleepless because I think I would have been. If you knew that you were not only the only one on the ship, but you were the only one on a piece of of a ship that had just been destroyed. Yes, that would have scared the bleep out of me. So I think she handled it uh, quite well. So that's that. those are my thoughts. Yeah, I think my favorite part was she's a, she attempts to do the SOS with the little flashlight. Yes. Like, yes. like, really? Is, I, <laughs> Did you think for a minute that there was actually somebody going to see her? Because I thought for a minute somebody actually would at the last minute see the light and then um yeah. you know somebody I, I figured we would have a scene of somebody saying well uh number one our sensors aren't picking up anything and then they say oh look look 
what is that light? And then they zoom in. That's what I thought was going to yeah. happen. And it was so cold for them. They're like, let's do a visual visual confirmation. And <laughs> one of the bridge crew says, oh, sick bay is gone. <laughs> like, no, y'all are so cold, man. Let's zoom in to see sick they go. <laughs> I got to say, this is where I had a lot of problems. Uh-oh. <laughs> a lot of them. Okay. Number one, you mean to tell me the chapel can't be the only person that was alive? And y'all just yeah. blew the rest of them people up, man. Okay. <laughs> Number two, after Uhura talks with Guinan, I mean Pelia. <laughs> you remember that? They're doing the same thing with, that they did with Guinan. People talk, you, you're, you're the spirit animal. And they talk to you, and then they go figure everything out. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I had to go talk to Pelia. I had to go talk to Guy. And now I know what to do. Yeah. That yeah. gets ridiculous. But when when she's got the flashlight, oh, Spock just happens to come past the one window <laughs> that she's at. Are you serious? Uh, I don't know, man. I loved it. But I loved it. Here's where they redeem. You know, I, I give you, this is where they redeem. When I saw that male Gorn, the, not male, but the adult Gorn, I, my heart dropped. I was like, oh my God. So cool, man. That is beautiful. So cool. That is absolutely beautiful. And I was just like, if I would have been her, I would like what Kyle said. Uh, there was a lot of, I would have ran the other, <laughs> I would have floated the other way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, to me, they took a lot of inspiration and maybe other movies or properties as well. But to me, it looks a lot like the Arbiter on the Halo series, if you've ever played that game. Even from oh, the they look a lot like them. Yeah. You think that's by accident? Can't be. They have Can't to be fans be. of Halo. Because I watched the new TV show and they look a ton like that. But 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 that being said, if if you mentioned you know you mentioned the ready room up top, if you haven't watched the ready room, um, definitely check it out because Will Wheaton takes a in person uh, tour of that studio that that did that does their props and design and did the design of the Gorn, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool that an actual you know. I didn't really know if it was CG or what they were doing there, but it was actually a man in a suit. So kudos for them for, for doing that because it looks fantastic. And and that, you know, you got to give credit to all the hard work they put into these scenes, you know, dressing down the bridge to make it look ravaged in different parts of the ship. That's a lot of work. And to me, they did it expertly. It all looked looked great. And, and I never questioned what was going on, even though it was a lot of, CG and flashy and 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 things going on. I I, I thought it all felt natural for the show and mm-hmm. it just really worked for me. Yeah, it didn't feel like a suit, you know, like it it felt CGI in a good way. You know, it didn't yeah. feel like oh well, you just got a guy in a suit. Yeah, it like they actually looked better than the um the Covenant Warriors. I felt yeah, not not putting that show down. I love that show. Um, but that is, it was so cool. I love the tale. I love the addition of the tale. Yeah. Because, um, and I'm telling you, had that fight gone down with the two of them and it had been not in zero G, they yeah. would have been toast. Been over. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, didn't, didn't Archer fight a Gorn in the mirror universe? Did that, that happen? We, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and that was that was more reptilian like than the one we saw on on um TOS. You're mistaken, so. Clarence. There was never a going on <laughs> Enterprise. That okay. A, that's a lost episode. All right. Mirror Universe, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, let's try to pick up a few comments here real quick. Justin34 says, I like horror aspects, but I would like to see it lead into a more in-depth depiction of Gorn. They're very complex. Hope they that they pull off more of the books and comics for future episodes. Yeah. I, I want them to, you know, I agree with you. I mentioned it earlier. I want them to move away from the horror aspect just a little bit because they seem really interesting and really cool. So there has to be a lot of story to tell there. Not sure how much of that story there's, they really can tell if we're thinking about canon, but, but mm-hmm. Larry, help me out here. Isn't canon blown out the window with this point? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I, I quote the, the great Leonard Nimoy. Instead of asking what's canon and what's not canon, what you need to ask is where can Star Trek take me this time? Mm. Mm. You know, so little changes here and there. And let's be honest, you can't do something that's supposed to be a prequel to something done in the 1960s and not change it to be more current, you know? So, oh, I was going to say one thing too. On Star Trek Online, the Gorn have many different subspecies within mm. their species. Now, I don't know if the TV show is going to do that, but that's why you see the smaller versions of them, and then you see the adult. I mean, there's possibly multiple different types of Gorn. Mm. You, and you know what would have been really cool if they would have established that as you are taken over, your first Gorn incarnation, I would call it, uh, for lack of a better word, is a humanoid version that then goes on to more of the the reptilian version that they that we've been seeing that would explain then the version that we see on the original series that was someone who was turned who hasn't fully transitioned into the full gorn yeah you know interesting you should say that i don't know if they're going you know you saying that they may have been human and turned more animalistic. I don't, I think they may be trying to go in the other direction. Um, they mentioned in the episode, the Gorn younglings are working together instead of fighting for dominance. And Lan seems to think that's very strange for them. Uh, you take that line, you take the idea of these solar flares and we get to the end uh, where they do bring down this field and they're able to start beaming up people for, of course, to get Spock and Chapel first. And then they get uh, Pike, Scotty, um, Scotty with the the transponder box that he made along with Patel. But it it really makes me think if maybe the Gorn are evolving, maybe, you know, what we see of them now is what not what they're going to be by the time we get to, to TOS or maybe they've been involving evolving over all these years. Maybe they need the humans for some specific part of that evolution. I don't know, but I do think there's a lot more story there that we're not getting. Uh, and it seems interesting. So I hope they keep going down that line. I still think there's plenty of room to explain, um, you know, maybe why we don't, why we, why we feel like the Gorn, why we feel differently about the Gorn by the time we get to TOS uh, with Arena. So, I mean, I think they, they have plenty of, of uh, room there to, to fill in the story and make it awesome. But I'm enjoying it so far. So keep in mind one thing about the the aspect when they're on the planet. 
La'an had only seen them when they were in full mode, like when she said they use people for breeding sacks. Mm -hmm. And then when they first erupt, they're fighting for dominance. But maybe they fight for dominance when there's not an already another adult around, right? You know what I'm saying? So maybe this is, I mean, I would love to see the inside of their ships and yeah. see what the technology is. Because I always picture their ships being a lot like the Wraith from mm. Stargate, you know, that like, um, what would you call it? A bio, mm -hmm. biomechanical ships. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That that would, would definitely be interesting to see what's going on inside of there. Because the ships look pretty darn cool from what we saw from the outside. So I definitely want to see more there. <laughs> when Grace makes a comment here that uh, I didn't realize, but that is right on point. The new Halo show, which is also on Paramount Plus. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to try to figure out what is the effects company for Halo and see if it's the same company. Because it's very possible. Very possible. And I don't I know because this looked better. <laughs> Yeah, I, I somehow forgot that it was on Paramount Plus, but but you are exactly right, sir. Well, it, if we if next week if we see any mule near looking armor, we'll know. Or next season. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we get if we get some on there, uh, we'll know that something is definitely gone wrong here. Um, any other thoughts about this episode? Of course, you got the cliffhanger. Uh until next time, whenever that's gonna be. Any other thoughts about this episode or anybody in the chat? about this episode that we'd like to bring up before we kind of close out here and get ratings. <laughs> and if not, now I'm going to add real quick. I love how Ona was like, whatever, what are orders, sir? <laughs> <laughs> She's so good. Any other, any other thoughts? Chat what? room? Nobody. Okay. Well, let's move on. I Go will ahead, add, I will add one thing really, really quick, which is at one point I was writing some notes and I was listening while Ethan Peck was doing a line of Spock. Mm -hmm. And he delivered it so well, just listening to the cadence, listening to the tone. It was very Leonard Nimoy-ish, I'll uh, mm. say. So, I mean, he I'm, I'm giving him a compliment as he really, really channeled Spock, in my opinion, really well. So Yeah, it was, it was great seeing him and Una in command and, and him as the number one in, in, in this second part episode. I really, really like seeing that. Uh, let's go ahead and get ratings for the episode. Mr. Jones, if you'd like to go first, sir. I'm going to come down at 4.5. Mm, 4.5 for Mr. Jones. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go to 4.6. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a solid finale, harkening back to Trek of old. And, you know, it's funny that we keep getting these shift in tones in episodes, but to me, they knock them all out the park or they have knocked them all out the park. And this is just another example of just. just all right. So I'm going to go to 4.6 <laughs> only because I just remembered Pike having that one little line at the very beginning where he referenced the fact that they were singing last yes. episode. And I love that continuity there. So 4.6, yeah. I'm changing. You know, for a show that's, that's not, you know, uh, serialized, like they said, um, yeah, they, they do a great job of pushing character development from, from story to story. So I'm really loving that. Uh, Larry, what is your rating for the episode? And people in chat, what are your ratings for the episode? I'm going to put one other thing out there before I give you my rating. 
All right. Um, I do love when Pike said a monster is just a monster. And mm. then when April shot back at him, he kind of felt almost, you could see a twinge of embarrassment <laughs> at the way he had, he had acted and the fact, just assuming that these creatures are monsters just cause you don't understand them, mm. you know? But, um, I actually, I'm falling in the, at about a 4.5. All righty. 4.5 from Larry. Kyle, would you pick up some of the ratings from the chat? I, I certainly will. So we have uh, from Retina 4.5 because of the cliffhanger. She says because it just hurts her feelings. I got it. Yeah, I could cliffhanger. It's tough. It's tough. I could see <laughs> that. All right. We get a four from our friend Tasha. And when Grace comes in with a 4.25 or so, but it kind of depends on the resolution. And uh, one more in here from, uh, from Justin, Justin 34. Yes, indeed. Saying that I really enjoyed the episode five stars. It was great. And I'm excited for Discovery. Mm. Oh, are we just skipping over Lower Decks, huh? <laughs> no, I'm excited for Discovery, too. And uh, am I excited for Lower Decks? We'll talk about that in the next episode. I don't want to start bringing it up right now. But guys, wow, end of the season has been fun. We may do a season review next week. We're not, I'm not quite sure. But um, in any case, we will be back next week with something. But thanks to each and every one of you for joining us for not only this episode, but the entire season. It's been fun. And too bad we got to wait for who know how long for the next forever yeah episode of strange new worlds because it's really it's really been fun man i enjoyed these live reviews so again you know hats off to each and every one of you guys for joining it's been a great time and with that we're gonna end things so until next time guys live long and prosper Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.